Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schaap. In the past week, the world of sports journalism lost two major figures. William Gilday, the longtime columnist, gifted columnist for the Washington Post, and Murray Olderman at the age of 98, who wrote and drew cartoons brilliantly for seven-plus decades in the world of sports. We're joined now by another legendary sports columnist who spent decades at the New York Times, among other outlets, Ira Burko. Ira, thank you for being with us. My pleasure, Jeremy. Always my pleasure with you. Ira, Murray Olderman, in in some ways, uh, put you on the path to greatness. Isn't that a fair way of describing it? Well, if there was a path to greatness, I'm still looking for it. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but he put me on a path that uh, that he hoped would be positive, and I, I would like to think that it was, uh, yes. Uh, uh, I was working at the Minneapolis Tribune uh, and uh, as a sports writer. You were working for someone at the Minneapolis Tribune who is also who is still with us, who is older than Murray Olderman, who died this week in '98. Right, Sid Hartman is a hundred years old, uh, but but he wasn't he wasn't, and I think he would say this as well. He wasn't in the class of of, of Murray Olderman, uh, especially because Murray, well, not only being a very fine writer uh, and editor. But he was also one of America's great sports cartoonists, or should I just say one of great uh, uh, cartoonists and an illustrator. And, uh, you know, very few people combined, you know, writing with drawing uh, and, and achieved the success that Murray did. I mean, uh, Murray's writings were in literary uh, anthologies, and, uh, and his, and his uh, cartoons uh, were uh, uh, anthologized and... Uh, uh, he was twice named the uh, cartoonist of the year by the Cartoonist Association of America. So it's, uh, I mean, it was, and, and he did it uh, up, he was writing and drawing into his, his mid 80s. And, and the last book he, he published uh, was a, a couple of years, just a couple of years ago. He must have been 94 and 95. And it was a collection of, uh, on the left side of the page was a, a biography of, uh, of an athlete, on the right side of the page, was a cartoon uh, uh, or a drawing of of the athlete. Uh, it was fantastic. Murray Olderman I, I was a legend in the business, and his longevity, of course, was remarkable. His numerous talents. I think I only had dinner with Murray once. I think it was with Joe Goldstein at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Forty Two in Phoenix, when the Giants uh-huh. upset the right. Patriots. Yeah. Um, which would have been about, I guess he would have been about 85, a spry 85, something like that. But I read the obit in the Times this week. And I have to say, uh, maybe I'm overly impressed by these kinds of degrees. I had no idea that Murray Olderman was a Phi Beta Kappa graduate of Stanford University. Right. He, he was a real intellect. And, and well, and he also was fluent in French and German. And uh, uh, he went, he was uh, enlisted in the Army uh, and as a second lieutenant, and he went to Europe. It turned out on May 
26th, I guess it was, the day before the end of, of the war in Europe. The war ended officially at midnight on May 8th. So, yeah. So he, he got to Europe on May 6th, 45. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and he, um, uh, interrogated, uh, German, uh, police, uh, German, uh, officers. Uh, for the U.S. and uh, uh, also when he first got there, he was stationed in um, in northern France in a town, near a town called or in a town called Nancy. I know Nancy well. It was Third Army headquarters, I believe, for Patton at some point in the fall of '44. Yeah, well, Nancy was also named of Murray's wife, who who passed away before he did. But anyway, uh, one of his jobs uh, was. Uh, um, uh, to uh, after the war was to go to the 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 brothels in Nancy and get out the GIs so that they won't, wouldn't be out past curfew. <laughs> Must have made him very popular. <laughs> so now whether Murray stayed around in the brothels, I don't know. But uh, Murray Murray was uh, uh, and uh, uh, so uh, among other things with Murray, uh, he got. Uh, uh, involved with uh, many athletes on a very uh, a positive level, and you know, like sometimes the the, um, uh, the subjects that you're going to interview, uh, you're a writer, and they're kind of reluctant in some ways. But Murray would do drawings of some of these people, and uh, which were published in uh, Newspaper Enterprise Association at 750 uh, newspaper clients, uh, most in the United States, but but also in uh, various parts of the world. But anyway, and so they would be published, and then like uh, Roger Maris, uh, Murray went over to Roger Maris, and, and Roger said, uh, "Murray, can you can you get a copy of that uh, of drawing that you did uh, of me?" You know, and so uh, he had this great relationship with all these people. But one of them was uh, was the Reverend Bob Richards. Reverend Bob Richards was a uh, an Olympic champion pole vaulter, and uh, he had a good relationship with Murray. And uh, I worked with with Murray uh, at NEA for a number of years. He hired me in 1967 when I was 27 years old, and uh, and then we became friends all the rest of our lives. But anyway, uh, so one day uh, in the NEA office, Newspaper Enterprise Association in New York City, uh, where I was working for Murray, who was in the sports editor, and I was and he had made me a sports columnist at, the, at uh, about that time. And the Reverend Bob Richards, the Olympic, uh, as I said, the Olympic uh, champion uh, pole vaulter. Comes to visit Murray, and uh, uh, and and at one point he says to Murray, "Murray, you look great. How do you do it?" And Murray said, "Clean living, Reverend." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and at first, at, at, at first, the Reverend was taken back, you know, a little bit. But then, uh, uh, so. Uh, but uh, but Murray was also uh, he was very instructive. Uh, uh, he was a mentor to me uh, in in many ways because he was uh, 18 years older than me. So I, when I joined the NEA, I was 67. He was 45, and um, and 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 he uh, he was a noted football writer. I think he and Tex Mall of Sports Illustrated were the two most prominent uh, uh, football writers in the country, and Murray. Uh, uh, how, how many Super Bowls are there? Have there been now? Was say there's fifty. Um, Murray went to the first forty-five or something. Uh, he was one of the few to have gone to almost all of them from the beginning. Eisenberg just missed this year for the first oh, time. Oh, is that right? And yeah. I think Jerry Green. I think Jerry Green 
Jerry Green and Jerry, and Jerry Eisenberg were the last two, I think, who'd been to all of them. Yeah, but Murray was up there for, for quite a while. We're speaking with Ira Burko about Murray Olderman, the legendary sports columnist and cartoonist who died this week at the age of 98. And when I think of Murray Olderman, Ira, I think about, you know, um, that generation of, of sports writers who were so widely read around the country. The syndication you mentioned, NEA, I mean, they had massive readership. Uh, it, there, there is, I don't know if there are, are there columnists who have that kind of impact today and that kind of reach? Um, maybe on television. Maybe, uh, you know, Tony Kornheiser and, uh, uh, Elbaum, uh, no, no, uh, Wilpon, uh, Michael Wilpon, maybe, maybe uh, on television. I don't think writers, no, um, I don't think so. Um, and, and, and there are fewer and fewer papers uh, around the country. Um, but but, my, but another one other thing about Murray that uh, he uh, he was living in a retirement home and uh, he his eyesight was going. It was hard for him to see television. And he had somebody read to him, and his hearing was going. Uh, and he had a loss of mobility, and he had one of these little scooters to to go around. And uh, and he and, and I would talk to him about once a week. And he said, I have all these different problems, but I don't consider them problems because he said, I, have, I still have all my marbles, which he did. And, uh, and I'd like to think that I had, uh, you know, at least some of my marbles left. So I was on the phone with him. This is only a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I started telling him a story. And he interrupted me. He said, Ira, you told me this last week. <laughs> he's, he's 98 and he's living in a retirement home you know he can't see can't hear you know but <laughs> I, I know you didn't have that kind of personal relationship with William Gilday who also as I mentioned died this week the longtime Washington Post uh, columnist but, but I respected him I, I read him and I, I respected him he was very good yeah it's um, Bill, Bill was very good to me he was very kind he was um he was someone who always had an encouraging word, and I think he, he was another um, example of someone who led by example uh, with the with the quality work that he did. Uh, how did you How did you connect with him, uh, Jeremy? Probably through Goldstein, the aforementioned Joe Goldstein. You know, at some point, um, probably. You know, just from being around events and covering stuff in the nineties. You know, at the same events that he was covering for the Post, uh, and uh, just a wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, well, it's good, it's, good, it's good of you to remember these these guys. Uh, they were they were historic and they were important, and they they should not be forgotten. And it's it's a kudos to you, Jeremy, for this. Ira Burko, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I'm Jeremy Schapp. And you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.